And now, Family Life presents the Kids' Corner rendition of the historical story of Daniel. Long ago, in the land God promised them, there lived 12 tribes. We are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Some call us Israelites after our common ancestor. What he means is we're all one huge family. God brought us to this land after we left Egypt, and we've been living here ever since. That's right, and now that we're here, we will never leave. It's our land, and no one will take it away from us. Um, that's not what Joshua told us. That's right. In his last days, the leader of the Israelites warned his people, You all know that God will keep his promises. He helped us take this land from those who came before us, just like he told us he would. Now listen, if you follow God and keep his laws, you will dwell in this land forever. But if you don't follow him, but instead turn to worship the gods of other nations, God will not fight for you, but against you, and you will be taken out of the land. Okay, so there's that, but really, we've turned to idols before and nothing has happened. You mean besides all of the raids and invaders? Uh, Sure, but God sent us judges to help us out. We weren't destroyed. What about the ten lost tribes? The what? It's a long story. To sum it all up, the Israelites had gone through a rough time. Their kingdom had split in two, with ten tribes in the north and the tribes of Judah and Benjamin in the south. Neither kingdom was very good at worshiping God, and before long a nation of warriors attacked the north tribes and took all of their people away. And they've never been seen since. Right, now all that's left is the tribe of Judah, and Benjamin, I guess. But that tribe isn't very big, so we just called the whole kingdom Judah. That's why people call us Jews. Indeed. But like their fellow tribes, they weren't doing very well in the following God's commandments department. Oh, come on. We had that one king who did a good job. Has something or other? Hezekiah. And yeah, he did okay. But even he messed up. And because of his pride, the land of Judah looked like an easy catch for a new kingdom rising to power in the east. Ah, my. Look at all of that wealth in Judah. They don't have a big army, and we do. It's time. Forward, Babylonians. Let's capture all of the Jews and bring them back to Babylon. And so, without God's help, the land of Judah fell to the Babylonian army. Almost all of the people were driven from their lands and brought back as slaves. All seemed lost, but God wasn't done with Judah yet. There were some young men amongst them that were going to make a difference. We now return to the Kids' Corner rendition of the story of Daniel. Judah had fallen to Babylon's forces, and God's people were forced from their homes into a strange land. All right, everyone, I'm King Nebuchadrezzar. Or Nebuchadnezzar. There seems to be some confusion there, so you can call me Your Highness, Your Lordliness, etc., etc., etc. Phew, that's a relief. I thought Hezekiah was hard to remember. Uh, Anyhow, I'm not in the habit of conquering people and then having them sit around doing nothing. So here are some jobs for you to do around here. You young men might be interested in the uh, Magi department. Magi? Like the Christmas story? Exactly. Back in Bible times, kings needed a lot of help running things, and they would often look for people who had special gifts to be advisors and such. Because a lot of these gifts seemed kind of magical, these people were called 
Magi. That's where I come in. Who are you? Uh, my name is Daniel. I've been assigned to be one of these Magi trainees. The thing is, me and my friends know that the reason we are here is because our people have been breaking God's commands. So all four of us have decided to follow God no matter what. Who are your friends? I'm glad you asked. This is- Unfortunately, we don't have time to go into too much detail. But they're really important. They live through a fiery furnace and everything. Yes, I know. But this episode is about your story, not theirs. I want to hear about them. Maybe next time. Read my book, chapter three. Anyway, Daniel and his friends kept this promise. And as a result, God blessed them. Daniel especially was given great authority. But more impressively, he was able to tell people what God was telling them in their dreams and other miraculous signs. It's like the handwriting is on the wall, chapter five. But like all kingdoms, the Babylonians were bound to fall. Eventually, a new and greater kingdom took over and a new king took the throne, King Darius. Listen, all you magi, I may be a new king, but that doesn't mean that you get to retire. You're too useful. My kingdom is super huge and I need people under me to take care of it all. So I'll need 120 of you to be what I'm calling satraps to rule a little bit of my kingdom and over you will be three administrators keeping you all in line. So 40 satraps per administrator. Why, yes. Hey, you're pretty good at math. Just the kind of guy I need. How would you like to be an administrator, Daniel? Um, sure. Wow, that's pretty lucky. Yep, God's blessing was definitely with Daniel. And everything he did seemed to work out well. But this didn't win him many friends, and that was about to land him into big trouble. Now back to the story of Daniel. So, you said Daniel was about to get in trouble. Did he forget to follow God's commands or something? On the contrary. Daniel always did his best to serve God and the king, in that order. And so God blessed him for it. And the more God blessed him, the more King Darius noticed this. You know, that Daniel guy has a good head on his shoulders, and his God seems to be a pretty cool God as well. I really should put him in charge of everything, and then I could sit back and enjoy being a king for once. But when the other advisors and magi heard about this, they were not happy about it. Did you hear? Yeah! I can't believe they ended the last season like that. Will Gilgamesh survive the flood on his raft? Not the play last night. About Daniel. Oh, oh, right. But what can we do about it? He is better than us in every respect. He doesn't lie, cheat, slack off. I heard he doesn't even eat meat. Okay, and <laughs> now you're just making stuff up. No, for serious. It's because of his God. His God? Ooh, that's it. We'll make following his god a crime. But we're a pluralistic society. As long as you don't go against the king, anything. Oh, I get it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Y your highness. Your lordship. Uh, guys, my name is easier to say than the last king. You can use it, you know. Uh, but King Darius, we only meant to show you the utmost respect. Oh? Yes, for who indeed deserves all of our love and honor? And worship. Yes, that too. Say, fellow satrap, wouldn't it be great if everyone loved our king as 
much as we do? That would be awesome, don't you think, King Darius? Uh, sure, that would be nice. You know, it would be super easy to make it happen, right? All you have to do is make it a law. For the next 30 days, no one in your kingdom may pray to any god, person, or thing except you. That sounds pretty nice, not gonna lie. But there needs to be a punishment for those who don't obey. Something big and dramatic. Something that kids can color in their coloring books ages from now. Uh, I'm thinking lions? I was just going to suggest lions. Kids like lions. Feed the disobedient people to the lions. Hmm. Well, that's a pretty big punishment. But lions got to eat too, I suppose. Where do I sign? The law was in place, and Daniel had a choice. Did he disobey the king or disobey God? He knew what the right choice was, but it meant giving up everything. Dear Lord, please help me in this time of temptation. 30 days doesn't sound like a big deal, but you alone are worthy to be worshipped, and so I will only- Mr. Daniel, you have the right to remain silent, unless you are praying to the king, which you aren't. Uh, indeed. This means that you will be thrown to the lions, as is the law. I hope you've enjoyed being better than us because you're going to be even better lion chow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> and now, the exciting conclusion to the story of Daniel. After Daniel had been arrested, the men who accused him came before the king. So, you know the law that you signed this morning? Yeah, you know, the one where people can only pray to you or else? Well, it turns out Daniel, your potential second-in-command, prayed to his god, and therefore, according to this law, he must be thrown to the lions. I am well aware of what the law says. Now, if only there was a way to change it. But it was no use. King Darius tried and tried, but there was no way that he could stop his foolish law from condemning his good friend to death. That evening, Daniel was taken to the den and was thrown in. Whoa! Oh boy, there's a lot of you in here. May God be with you and rescue you, Daniel. The king had a stone cover up the opening of the den, and then he sealed it. Okay. Hold on. I have a question. Actually, a lot of questions. Oh? Yeah. What exactly is a lion's den? Is it a cave that they just kind of knew about? Or did they have the lions just hanging around? And why was throwing Daniel into the lion's den the first idea they had? Mm, from what I'm able to understand, a lot of ancient nations like Persia and Assyria had a sport where their kings would hunt lions. It was a good way to show how strong their king was. The den was a place to keep the lions when they weren't hunting them. And if you're going to have pet lions, you need to feed them, and lawbreakers were a tasty treat. That's kind of gross. Yeah, a little. Does that answer your questions? Mostly, I guess. King Darius couldn't eat or sleep that night. I just can't believe I did this to my friend. Lord, I have done a terrible thing. Please keep your servants safe. The next morning, he ran down to the lion's den and called out, Daniel! Servants of the living God, has he saved you from the lions? God has, my king. He sent his angel last night to shut the mouths of these lions. They have not hurt me because I have not done anything wrong. Get some rope 
Get him out of there! The king was so happy to have his friend back. And when Daniel was pulled from the den, he was perfectly fine. Not a scratch was on him. Ooh, ooh, ooh! And what happened to the bad guys? Uh-oh. Read my book to find out. Chapter 6. And so, after this, Darius made a declaration saying that all people in his kingdom should fear and worship the God of Daniel. Because he is real and will never go away. He saves and performs miracles in heaven and earth. And he has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So guys, what'd you think of the story of Daniel? I had a lot of fun with it, Mr. Jacobs. Yeah, who doesn't like a story with danger and excitement? It's a classic, that's for sure. Yeah, but is there a reason we learned about it now? How do you mean, Gabriella? I mean, it's a cool story, sure, but what can we learn from it? Oh, you mean, what is the moral to the story? I guess. She has a point. All good stories should have some sort of application, especially Bible stories. Application? Like an app on a phone? Not really, Everett. It's using the story to learn something that we can use in our lives. If there isn't a moral, then we can't use it very well. well that's easy. Stay away from lions. The end. I don't think I have that problem, Peter. Still, it might come in handy. <laughs> well, as handy as it is, I think there are more useful lessons to be gained from this section of scripture. Okay, like what? Well, for one thing, it teaches us that doing what is right is always best. God rewards those who love him and follow his commands, even when other people tell them not to. For another, it also teaches us that bad things can still happen to us when we are doing everything right. This world is a broken one, and when we are going through bad times, it is not necessarily because God's punishing us. And going off what Hugh just said, even when we do get treated badly by those who want to hurt us, God is always with us, and we can depend on him no matter what. Wow. And here I thought it was just a cool story about a guy not getting eaten. There's actually a lot of lessons in there. That's true, Everett. And there's even more lessons in the rest of the book of Daniel. How much more? You'll have to see for yourself. I'll go get the Bible. I want to see too. Uh, here, Peter, you and I can look it up on my phone. And I guess I'll turn off the radio. 